podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all, welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's video, we have a much sought-after returning guest, Manjunath. Hello Manjunath, welcome to the podcast. Hi Ajit, pleasure to be there as well. As always, it's, it'll be fun, I'm expecting to have this chat. We have a decent number of games to discuss, what with the Asia Cup starting and a couple of T20 series underway and so on. So, let's see. I think before we get into the games and such, I know you recently started your new job. How is that treating you? How are the work hours? So far, it's going well. So I'm getting a little bit of time like in the evening. So that is good. But I can still follow cricket and other stuff. So that's a good thing. I know you're a doctor. I hope you don't mind me mentioning it that. The rest we can leave out. But how, how difficult is a doctor's life? I mean, we read all of these things and we also see a few things. We talk to our friends here and there, but just a generic doubt, you know, is a doctor's life very tough? Because one, I know the, the things you deal on the job is tough. We know it, but also the hours are very tough on you, even for an experienced guy like you. Actually, the main problem is like, uh, it's like how difficult you want to make it for yourself at the mm. end of the day. So mm. if you have like, some hobby, so that's what if there are any doctors listening into our podcast, so the only thing is, if you have a hobby, please develop that and try to uh, give time to that so that it will make you much more efficient in your uh, in in your primary vocation. So that mm. is what I that is how it has worked for me so far. So we just we should aim that one third of your life should be uh, your practice and yeah, not in terms of time, but I'm saying in terms of your life. So this is something which one of my bosses has told me. Mm. So so far found that it it is working and I. I try to follow that. So I try to find the remaining two-thirds. Like if you don't have the remaining two-thirds, you please find that. Of course, one-third is family in that and one-third can be some hobby or something that you like to that should uh, like make a, make the like difficulty at least it is tone it down. Good to hear. Good to hear. But then it's, it's always I've heard like crazy hours and crazy stress. I've spoken to residents. I mean, this is a while back when my own closest friends were doing residencies here and there. And trying to start up a career, I've heard some horror stories. So, I guess the I guess the advice you're giving out is pretty relevant. And one third is enough time. And it's from personal experience also. So yeah. it's just that uh, once you develop the the one the third, uh, you will definitely become really good at what you're doing. So that's very relevant suggestion. Thank you for that. But. I'm hoping, right, your new job is also treating you the same way you want it, as in you're able to do one-third of your day's work and do it well, one-third of the time of your day, I must say. Yes. Perfect. All right. Now, on to some uh, cricketing topics. So, first, I think we should have a quick review of the Afghanistan-Pakistan ODI series. So, did you get a chance to see that second ODI at all, Manju? Yeah, I I read about it later on. So, that it was a a thriller and like Pakistan nearly like snatched the defeat from the jaws of victory. Or was it the other way around? Pakistan snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Snatched victory from the yeah. They snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah. Fair enough. I I felt I I only saw the highlights. I couldn't catch the game live. When you see there were some critical points in the last seven to eight overs, where I thought Afghanistan, you know, even after they dismissed Shaheen Shah Afridi, if they had held their nerve. I thought they would have probably run away winners with about five or eight runs in the end, right? It was the number of runs that uh, Shadab Khan really played a gem of an innings, but it was the number of runs he was able to take, continue to, you know, milk those runs, tip and run. So I think it was just a little bit of um, inexperience of the faster bowlers, right? And I think Abdul Rahman, especially, you know, him leaking a lot of runs towards the end, that made that real difference. Even Shadab Khan was run out going for that. You know, that non-existent run. But then I thought Nasim Shah held his nerve. And it's been special, Nasim Shah versus Afghanistan. 
right? I think it was Asia Cup that where he beat them with those sixes in the last over. He again did something very special for his team. But I think Afghanistan will walk away very disappointed. Yeah, because they have uh, been like hot and cold. So and uh, it's like not being able to get rid of the tail enders. But nowadays, like you don't have tail enders anymore. So apart from India, like you can always argue that India has three number elevens. <laughs> but then, uh, like at least Pakistan, they have shown great depth. So mm. uh, when again faced with the depth, like the discipline was somewhere missing in the bowling. Mm. So that mm. ended up like uh, they ended up leaking too many runs. Right. I mean, even when you look at you know the ball by ball towards the end, they started the last over with eleven needed Pakistan, and Shadab mm. did not have the strike. well he was run out backing up right hmm. so that's that's a ball you know that's a ball wasted as well so yeah. that left five balls but then nasim shah hit a boundary to win hmm. it and even when you see that six and that four that shadab hit uh, leading up to the last over those were the killer blows i thought you know eight balls left 26 runs or 27 runs to win you would expect most teams to walk away from their winner so yeah. lot of credit to the way he played first of all to shadab but then it was not it was not good bowling full tosses two full tosses you bowl i think he was going for a yorker even a good length ball well outside the off stump would have been enough because both were leg side hits big hits i dare say the last one could have been a no ball so i thought it was a no ball in the replay but i think that's just a learning but then when you look at the last game pakistan did enough right so again Babar Azam and Rizwan set it up, and Aga Salman again showed a little bit of firepower. But Afghanistan was strangely sort of in control. Only towards the end, with Mohammad Nawaz and Aga Salman batting, they lost their control. But then the, those were again those twenty crucial runs. The target crossed two fifty and went well beyond to two sixty eight. I think in this case, Farid Ahmed was the guilty party because Mujibur Rahman went for a few runs, but then Fazal Haq, Farooq, and Gulbadi Nayab was brought back. They were okay. But at the end, Farid Ahmed, I think, way too many runs. So they don't have that um, that maturity to under stress, full conditions. Shahidullah took took way too many balls, but there was nobody supporting him, right? The middle order sort of fell away. Gulbadin Naib or Mohammad Nabi, Rashid Khan, whom you expect will probably be able to do a few things. I think in the end, it was the game was decided well in advance. Seven for ninety-seven. You think the game is done, right? And after that, Mujibur Rahman simply hit out, had some fun. but were they really in ever in danger of winning that game or ever in danger of actually losing the game if you are pakistani fan no some somehow like uh, you know they are uh, i know we don't analyze uh, teams like afghanistan uh, that much like how we analyze india so the problem is sometimes they are they are also struggling to find the correct combination like they have a lot of capable bowlers mm. but they also still are missing somewhere in that number 7 8 Uh, time, uh, like 7, if you if you look at the 2019 World Cup team, so they mm-hmm. had that balance in the lower order. Like Gulbadin himself was like in a different zone that time, so he was batting, bowling, fielding, captaining everything. So mm-hmm. now under Ashmat, uh, they have to find that uh, person who can do the role because they are faced with a subcontinental tournament. Uh, it can be a spin bowling all round role, apart from Rashid, because right. uh, all the focus will be on Rashid. And even Mujib batting is quite handy. That way, so yeah. probably in the lower order they need someone to step up. And Farid can bat, but I don't think he can score at any fast clip. He's more of a. He looks like somebody who can hold one end of the bat well enough. That's what we were labeling these Pakistani uh, bowlers as tail enders, but then they have upped their game. They are now able to hit sixes consistently. They have been doing it, and uh, if necessary, if the situation demands, they are able to unleash the big hitting. So unfortunately, even with India, we currently don't have any players who are capable of that. Like even uh, like uh, even Shami or anyone, they are mm. still ultimately they are still not crossed that uh, line to become a capable big hitter. So that is what uh, we would miss definitely going into the Asia Cup or the World. So. That's a very relevant point, but I think uh, the parts would be you know the the management as well as the captain would probably be aware. And well, you can only do so much. at a later part of your career to suddenly you cannot suddenly become a great batsman yeah. but uh, you know we are hoping what you said they are aware of this and they sort of plan their batting order also in such a way that there's at least there's somebody still available towards the end of the game 
at least one of the middle order batsman is anchoring so that he's able to at least talk sensibly most of the times it's just about talking to the tailenders i was able to do it a couple of times this season for my team well not very successful it must be said but we we did what we could right so most of the time it's about keeping your head still scoring yeah. at the same scoring rate that you tried to score at unless it's a it's a very tall chase you still try to keep going and try to consume all the balls you have left right mostly try to see where you can get if it's a chase you sort of plan it in a very clinical way right you say we need eight runs and over let's start counting at the end of four balls how many do you have how many do we need something literally like this right it's about communicating and communicating clearly especially when there's a tail ender at the other end sometimes it doesn't pan off or doesn't pay off but the idea is to continue to try and not give up try and continue to try and continue to evolve that way it's only possible as long as there is a full batsman or somebody who thinks he's a full batsman at the other end right so i think india are already planning it that way that people like pandya people like even ishan kishan if he bats lower in the middle order i don't know who will bat somebody like that who might jadeja especially might stay right or shardul there is some thought process there but let's see let's see how that goes but you have to say pakistan they would be very happy to clinch the series uh, clean because that also shows that you know there's a bit of muscle coming through you have some people who can bat slowly like imamul haq babar azam mohammad rizwan they are not really fast batsmen but babar he showed in the asia cup right that we'll get to that but but that he'll need a lot of balls for that so you you also then expect people like saud shakil aga salman shadab khan and iftikhar i'm really excited with the amount of muscle they are offering really the hard hitting do you think then you know we can switch easily over to the asia cup and you can also analyze from that perspective pakistan will be a dangerous team then in the asia cup for you based on their performances so far in these two games and uh, bangladesh yeah if you look at the bowling attack they have the maximum variety hmm. so they have all bases covered as far as the bowling attack is concerned so what is left is they have to post uh, good enough totals on the board that is if their template is going to be like batting first and defending defending score uh, so that is if it's in their favor uh, definitely that they will be become a quite a difficult it will become the side to beat in the asia cup that is mm-hmm. because uh, the others are just feeling for their combinations and including us like we've gone with a truckload of steamer to the asia cup now so right. that is uh, what happens what comes of it that's another totally another discussion but then they seem to have a settled combination so mm-hmm. uh, i don't think they will make many wholesale changes and they will continue this more or less this team maybe the odd rest to shahid here and there that too most of the time we find that they play through so only thing i think shahid recovering from that injury and coming into uh, full uh, full throttle so mm. they may want to play him a bit so otherwise they are uh, they have a lot of uh, backup and uh, each type of attack is covered so for mm. a subcontinental tournament where many times the pitch is not in the equation they have a good attack they have bowlers who attack the sub so provided their batting click they will be a very strong team in the coming year. Fair enough. I understand where you're coming from, but also the spin contingent is pretty experienced, and yeah. you would expect that spinners going at you know five five and a half runs an hour, they're doing a decent job in subcontinental conditions. Because you would expect spinners, all teams will play comfortably. Most teams will also be able to even attack one or two spinners, especially a spinner who may or may not be, you know, be able to deliver that restrictive lines all the time. But that's going to be a very very interesting combination you're right because they showed that also in the first game of the asia cup if you were to know switch over to the asia cup you see that you know they started slow so babar azam and mohammad rizwan they were batting slowish i remember their run rate was very close to you know very close to 4 run over 4 maybe 4.2 an over so if you see even when mohammad rizwan has been dismissed you could say it's 4.7 an over they had lifted the run rate very decently between him and babar but then that partnership between babar and iftikhar made a real difference because i thought if nepal could keep pakistan to under 250 260 they may actually have a chance but then babar azam is so experienced and so good a batsman if he bats any amount of time he will make up the difference right and that's exactly what he did a fantastic 151 out of just 131 balls lot of big hits towards the end and i think iftikhar played out and out attacking cricket so that partnership So from 44124 when Aga Salman was dismissed in the 28th over to 338 for 5 in the last over that's that's like a fantastic partnership 200 odd runs you know in yeah. hardly 25 overs that's that's nearly 8 an over so that's fantastic attacking cricket 
that effort should be really really appreciated from how pakistan came through it's nepal you know you won't take them too lightly they have a bunch of very good spinners sandeep lamichane lalit rajbanshi right they have some decent pace bowling attack sompal kamikaran kesi are very fast but maybe from purely from control perspective there is a little bit more to be done there I dare say 342 is going to be a tough chase for anybody, let alone Nepal. And it turned out to be that way. Nepal were 104 all out. Thoughts? Yeah. So, maybe Nepal, uh, their fielding was why they showed promise. We thought they would make a comeback. And then again, the fielding let them down. There were some drop catches. Up. So, that this hot and cold fielding like kind of, you know, uh, really derailed their, mm. uh, their efforts in the first game. So, I don't know. What I feel is maybe Nepal is like, the zimbabwe of the 90s so i feel if they put the opposition in there mm. is some help for their bowlers they can restrict the opposition and then maybe chase uh, pull off the chase so like they could have actually like of course they they give lot of uh, prominence to their fielding and rightly so but then definitely next game it can be better and without fiddling with the batting order i think this bat though they lost this game i think mm. most of them came out in the regular position like so they didn't uh, shuffle much with the batting order so i think if uh, they can do that then they'll definitely uh, they can inflict an upset or two so, but that is provided they don't drop these catches there are these uh, misses and uh, they don't let the guard down during bowling there was a lot of uh, like once the onslaught started there were a lot of uh, loose balls bowled and uh, the bowlers kind of lost the plot so but that because uh, all that for they are little inexperienced so they can only get better so we can hope that a more improved performance from nepal absolutely so before we move on from nepal do you think they'll win some games in the asia cup maybe against afghanistan or do you even expect them actually shock one of the other bigger teams more fancy teams at all yeah definitely they, they might shock india you never know we will go with too much experimentation or we may have a close game so i won't say they will like maybe shock defeat But they can run India close. They can even trouble Sri Lanka. So, so there is a possibility. So we never count that out. Well, we will probably get to that towards the end of the section. But before we go there, the other game has just finished. The game between Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. And Sri Lanka have won the game quite comfortably, must be said. So the scores were a bit underwhelming if you are a Bangladesh fan for you. They were, they were sort of in control of up. up to 5 for 141 when you know yeah. uh, mushfiqur rahim was dismissed and then mehdi hasan miras was dismissed and then suddenly suddenly they were 164 all out surprises yeah actually bangladesh sometimes can do bangladesh thing so uh, i i don't know it's wrong to compare them to the older team so they are much better than the uh, teams of old but uh, there used to be uh, like batsman with flamboyant square drive beautiful square drive for a four and next ball ashraful would be caught and slipped so uh, from that way they have evolved they have actually troubled a uh, lot of sides they have won uh, in odi cricket at least in the last 3 4 seasons they have been a force to reckon with mm. so i think it's again a question of like how their batting unit handles things they should there is maturity like it's, uh, and after mushfiqur also there should be someone because if you see mushfiqur is now the last uh, time that 2016 T20 against Bangladesh. That was a close game where Mushfiqur was the one who was there in the middle. And from there, right. he has evolved and he has become much better. So definitely, like to finish the job or at least stay there, they could have uh, tried a little better. But they just went down and he. So that that is something in the World Cup they can come back to trouble them. Same problem. Look, Patirana was the difference there. I think he worked out Mushfiqur Rahim, right? Mm-hmm. that that was unexpected i saw the dismissal i was just uh, taking a break and i saw that you know he bowled a two or three card trick where there was a full ball followed by a bouncer and mushfiqur rahim thought he was going to hit that and beat third man but he hit straight to third man i think two dismissals that really stood out for me one was shakibul hasan's dismissal where the ball came on much faster than he had imagined and before he could get into position to play the ball the ball hit his glove and went into the keeper's hand that was an excellent take by mendes by the way behind the stumps it was more of the ball catching the mitt but he put the mitt out there so the credit goes to him per se and of course i think the the real difference was there right there where you know he took out shakib al hasan and uh, taskin ahmed 
and more importantly mushfiqur rahim he really made that difference mustafizur rahman is probably a proper number 11 and not a lot to be said there but that difference right patirana that the ball comes on one one first of all it, the action is a bit different so you don't expect the ball to be released that early on in that action and because of which the ball comes on to you that much faster and uh, you are not prepared for it at least shakib was not and we saw that and it cost him his wicket right and um, also i thought kasun rajita bowled with a lot of control mahesh tikshana and dhananjay de silva so mainly in the early overs i saw a little bit of that as well i just kept an eye on the score and from time to time i saw an over here and there i saw basically mahesh tikshana and dhananjay de silva was just bowling these floaters he didn't even impart much turning on the ball he he just kept floating the ball up and pitching it on a length the ball was almost carrying on with the arm most of the time but the pitch was sort of dual nature and he let the ball sort of do whatever it wanted of the pitch of a good length we saw that the same ball stayed low and went under the bat of a batsman the next one came on zipped on from the same place and sort of similar ball that was delivered right so he used the conditions very well there dhananjay de silva i thought that kept bangladesh down they couldn't get any momentum going into the first 20 overs of their innings and the moment patirana was introduced sort of he then soaked up all that pressure initially where they went after him for the first two to three overs then he when he stuck back he killed the game off this is the way i saw it play out but then when it comes to their batting any observations so dimut karanaratna is back and he's opening yeah they this time they have lot of seasoned uh, they have their seasoned championers uh, with them right whether it is dhananjay now he's also become a senior player but they need them to like again collectively uh, do well So, okay, uh, Sri Lanka also is a little bit has been up and down. Even in their uh, Matthew Vera, who uh, used to be like a little hot and cold. The main thing for them is like again, like how uh, uh, like uh, at the risk of being repetitive, like if you see Pakistan's template, a solid foundation, and followed by a, you know little acceleration. So they need people to. So I think Karnataka can give that in the uh, at the beginning, but again they need people to accelerate for them. So same thing. Later when we discuss India, also the uh, same thing uh, we will discuss. But uh, for Sri Lanka, maybe we need a little solid start. Um, so as to later on to avoid collapses, and uh, they can have a better acceleration throughout the innings to get to a better score. Mm. So for me, the worry is more about the middle order for me for Sri Lanka because Patum mm-hmm. Nisanka has shown good maturity. You have the solidity that Karunaratna can provide. Kusal Mendes is back, and Sadira Samara Vikrama. Both of these, they have shown that they want to be here, right? For me, it falls on Charita Salanka, Dhananjay De Silva, and the skipper, the Sunchanaka, sort of the lower middle order, and the people who will sort of finish the innings. Dunit Vellalage can bat, right? And all of these people, they they provide good finishing capability. So it's mostly depending on how quickly and how well they can finish. But you're right, setting up a good platform, right? So that's why they have brought Dimut Karanaratna. So. to finish off also from the bowling perspective you have uh, mahesh tikshana and matish patirana now as the sort of surprises and you have sort of people like dhananjay de silva kasun rajita and i still think you know they they have enough there's no anindo hasranga they are probably the most injury hit team i think they kept losing players left right and center before the start of the asia cup do you think all those people injured out will will have such an impact from sri lankan perspective or will sri lanka manage well enough So they just manage, but I know of course uh, Hasaranga being injured is like is definitely a uh, one of the trump cards. Recently, mm. he's a very improved fielder, and even right. batting, if his mind is uh, at the ground, he can definitely uh, hit a few big hits. So he is a complete package for them. So definitely, he has more value nowadays in other other specialty apart from his uh, primary, that is apart from being a good spinner. Mm. So that definitely they will miss the quality. But it's an opportunity for them to try the other uh, other spinners too. So before the World Cup, it's a good thing. And I also feel he shouldn't come back too soon, that he may get injured again. So that's the problem. Hopefully, they are managing his injury properly, and there is adequate time for him to recover. So that immediately again, if he is made to uh, suddenly like come like KL, what happened to KL round? Then again, he's ruled out for the three matches. Mm. So that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Right. well i mean also their fast bowlers kumara and chamira are injured badly mm-hmm. and we don't even know if they'll be fit in time for the world cup they're saying that's that's for me a big blow so there i'm worried that you know if patirana and teacher had too much workload 
that also shouldn't be potential breakdown before the world cup so they need uh, that way they need to manage the workload effectively mm. so that uh, to avoid like avoid injuries to any main players like uh, we should maybe try to get in uh, some newer faces rather than uh, risk them in some games which are not important like, for example if they suppose they don't progress uh, to the knockout stage or something of asia cup or suppose there is a inconsequential game i think they should rest one of pakirana and sikhana to keep them fresh mm. for the future i mean with only two two games to play are any games inconsequential for any of the teams do you think and no the, the format is that uh, when the super four starts and then you're back into the exactly yeah. so i think we should then from this perspective have a quick chat about the indian squad as well look uh, india played their first game against pakistan the all important game straight away right and somebody was joking recently asia cup is just you know it's about india pakistan games and the rest of it fits around it somebody even were joking about the world cup being like that but coming away from all that chat so do you think india are in a good position now saying that they are going to take pakistan straight away and pakistan is showing a lot of maturity and they have come off a very competitive series where uh, they took on uh, afghanistan a tough afghanistan team must be said so how do you see this uh, match up shaping up so basically it's the game on second the cliche the it will be the cliche the statement that it will be india's batting and pakistan's bowling so that's what it has come to again like, mm. so it depends on like uh, whether how pakistan's batting is the next issue but uh, it's like how our batsmen shouldn't collapse against pakistani attack so that is the primary thing so i hope that we are able to at least post a good total if we bat mm. and while chasing under the light so it may be a little difficult i don't know if they win the toss maybe india should bat first it will help them to settle into this tournament so they may think otherwise based on the condition but usually it's better to bat first and uh, have some rest and then go for the feel second so, but uh, depending on how the wicket will be then the team management will decide for me but definitely like uh, we don't take pakistan on a regular basis so right. that is the bigger factor like, we don't play these bowlers in any league and we don't play the league these bowlers play so none of our players go and play big bash or a uh, cpl so that they know what uh, what these uh, pakistani teamers are like you know so without right. having a look it's going to be difficult and mm-hmm. plus if we have rohit at the top who is uh, going to be with the versus left arm left arm teamers mm-hmm. so that match up also will come into play right now all all valid conversations and valid observations but i was more thinking of also in terms of yeah the bowling that india might take in right bumrah shami would be starters i would say maybe even siraj up to a point i would say is a starter then then if you were to look at it you have maybe room for uh, two spinners so will it be yeah. patel and jadeja or would you go with jadeja and maybe kuldeep yadav it's better to go with variety also. so like uh, you have variety so limited variety use it so you can go with jadeja and uh, kuldeep so mm. that will be a little better and uh, off late like what you see of kuldeep uh, even the short airlift series of Mm. Uh, he has a there's been an increase in air speed and uh, there is a little bit of less predictability to what he's bowling. So even his uh, release points have slightly changed. So I think it's all for the better. He's having more control. Right. So it's better that you go with him. Okay, if he goes for runs, then that's it. Uh, so be it. But uh, you should try to have like the ball spinning both ways to to be ready for both kinds of uh, opposition. And plus there are some left-handers in Pakistani lineup. So it's mm. better to have a bowler with the ball spinning away from them. I know this. Many people would disagree with this matchup in T20s many times. Even I have criticized this kind of matchup, like having right. an off spinner to a left hander and all those things. Mm. So yeah, but then in ODIs, I would definitely say that uh, it's better to have a spinner with the ball going away, so he can attack more. He can set some attacking fields and try to in the middle overs try to get to the ball. So then the top order. right so with kl rahul not being able to be uh not not being able to play the top two games in the asia cup then uh, ishan kishan fits in straight back in so it's be rohit and ishan to open do you think followed by gil then kohli then shreyas then surya or do you see it in another way yeah so because it is like kohli is coming in at four uh, we have to actually we have to discuss about whether this is a long term arrangement and he is going to continue in the world cup and come at four mm. so that is the first thing 
so uh, if he is not willing then it is uh, that means if he is not comfortable then it's better to back him at his regular position and he need a new number was a three and if you need a new number four you have to decide whether between surya and who is it going to be so if it is surya we have to give him a run till the world cup so he can establish some confidence coming in at four hmm so that should be the power but if uh, but if you like uh, if it's like uh, they agree kohli is also happy that i think kohli is the best bet at number four i may be wrong uh, because a lot of disagreements can be there but i think if he is the best batsman he can control dictate the pace of the game he has that ability Mm. Uh, because if he is a proverbial chase master, so definitely it, he's at that stage in the career where he can definitely change things around with that approach. So right. if you want to shepherd the batting lineup, so that way. Would you be tempted to maybe swap Shami or Siraj for Shardul, or would you go in with uh, these three, Shami, Siraj, and uh, Bumrah? Yeah, so yeah, so that depends on like whether uh, you want to, uh, an extra batsman. So that is uh, depends on the thinking. What is Rahul Dravid thinking? Uh, which is like quite difficult to tell from the outside. But uh, are they thinking that we have this many batsmen, they will do the job? Then I think it's better to go with a full team attack. And uh, if, if they feel that maybe we'll need that cushion, then we'll have to swap uh, maybe Siraj for Shardul or Shami for Shardul. But then then we have to decide uh, how many overs will Shardul bowl? Is he going to? Uh, get a full quota or Hardik and Shardul will share how many overs. Correct. So that also has a difference. I don't see Hardik starting simply because I, I counted out six batsmen and five bowlers. That makes it 11 already. But mm-hmm. maybe you might be tempted to maybe rest one of Shreyas Iyer or Surya. Because Surya has not had a really good run in the ODIs. He accepts that. So maybe Pandya starts ahead of Surya then for you or Shreyas pa- Pandya starts ahead of Shreyas uh, or Surya for you. That's another option. Yeah, so now I am. Uh, we are a little bit compelled uh, now because Shreyas is coming out of injury. You need him to get maximum game time. Like I know, just some time back I said coming back too soon can cause injuries again. But mm-hmm. then now that if you are uh, the the fitness is there and physio has told he's good to go, uh, the report is there. Then he should be getting maximum game time in how we plan to use him, whether at number six or five. So that will give him time to get fit. All right. Uh, we have a pretty good understanding of how India would go. I'm very curious how they would come the, you know, the morning of second uh, of September. But it's going to be again fantastic game. We're hoping. But your thoughts on who will win that uh, derby? So for that, I would always like India to win. <laughs> but I think uh, I'll go for like a very close game with a last over finish and India winning uh, while chasing. So let us see how it goes. All right. Let's see if that uh, comes to pass. I have a feeling it will be matchups, right? Nasim Shah versus Kohli and Shadab, mm-hmm. and um, you know the spinners versus Surya and or people like Ishan Kishan. It, it's going to be interesting. Rohit versus Shaheen. What you already highlighted. It's going to be very very close. I think. So let's see. It's very it's very tough to call it. But uh, you know, as a fan, I would. This is the one match where it I find it tough to call. But I am hoping India comes out the winner. And you mentioned that. Shadab and if you see the matchup of same kind also, hmm. Shadab versus Kuli, Shadab is a different league as a batsman. Correct. So it's like at next eleven, you have to do something really dramatic, like Pfeiffer or something, to neutralize that effect, including the wicket of Shadab. Right, right. So that is how so that is how when multidisciplinary players come into the fore, rather than like we have a team of specialists and they have a they have a lot of good mix of players. Hmm. Okay, let's see how that comes to pass. Now, if you were to move on, look at the other T20I series that are underway. So, a very youngish-looking Australia, led by a Marsh, Mitchell Marsh in this case, took on South Africa. And does the result surprise you at all? They trampled them. I mean, I mean, I think Mitchell Marsh is known as Bison, right, for his huge head apparently. Yeah. And I think he just simply trampled South Africa all by himself. You know, talking about Bison, you were one case. By Bison when we were going on a safari. Holy cow! So, so Bison is something you don't know. And uh, later, I came, after reading up a bit, I came to know that the head of the pack he has a very majestic, you know, uh, like you know, they have a mane, yeah, which is uh, like, like a central partition hair and uh, two horns on both sides, which are like larger than the rest. 
Mm. So they are the ones to watch out for the herd. Correct. So definitely Mitchell Martin's leadership has been uh, really good. You can safely say that. Also, I was able to only see the highlights here. So I thought Tim David has made such a big impact all of a sudden. You know, Mitchell yeah. Marsh was destructive, but Tim David was unbelievable in that partnership. So first of all, Australia started like a steam train, right? Matthew Short um, and Mitchell Marsh. So even when Matthew Short was dismissed, it was not even five overs. The score was nearly 70. That's the first thing. Yeah. Josh English couldn't do much. Travis Head couldn't do much. Well, fine. That's okay. But... You have Marcus Toynis to follow, Tim David to follow, and Glenn Maxwell is injured out. What a what a 20-2011 this will be that, you know, and then you have people like, again, speaking of depth, Sean, uh, depth, right? Sean Abbott and Tanvir Sangha can bat, by the way. Nathan Ellis, they can all bat, yeah. right? And then Aaron Hardy, very, very useful all-rounder to have in your squad, right? So, again, all of these people coming really good. And then just making enough of a score that you know this is not going to be an easy chase and well south africa also have sort of a b attack it's not their first choice attack you have marco jansen and lungi ingidi leading it the attack and gerald kotsi sort of they're trying to see what he can do because they're playing at home lizard williams sort of on the fringes tabre shamsi is probably the real experienced guy in that attack but nobody nobody was able to keep the runs down everybody went for more than 10 an hour that's very rare to see i think in a t20 but then when it came their turn to bat, except for Riza Hendricks, they were completely blown away. Maybe Rasif Anderson a little bit. By the time Marco Jansen came to play, there was not a lot left in the game. Do you feel surprised at how well Spencer Johnson, Sean Abbott and Marcus Toynis were able to start off? Yeah, that, that is something you don't expect. Uh, like from uh, Australia, mostly the regular, uh, regular bowlers not in there. So, but it's a, it was a good effort from so, but uh, South Africa really, they wouldn't know like, what hit them. Uh, apart from Marco Jansen in the end, there is nothing much to show. It's a thing of low scores in the start. Uh, did you see how Spencer Johnson and uh, Tanvir Sangha, the debutants, bowled? Was it impressive? Did you think it was something quite good? Yeah, Tanvir Sangha, I definitely think like there is, it would be too early from my side to say, but then uh, he can have a long term you know, potential if. Uh, in the post-war era, if you can call it, sadly, war is not there. Mm. So, someone to keep like, the art alive. So, so, with due respect to Fawad, Ahmed and company, who have like applied the trade in big trash and stuff. Right. So, if we can have some who can be regular in all the formats, so this uh, boy definitely looks promising. Expect him to mature close to 30. Maybe. Uh, another few years to go, few seasons to go. Mm. And, of course, due respect to all the lectures before, and like, even Zampa is a very good lecturer. No doubt about that. Right. But uh, I'm someone for the long haul who can become a household name uh, for Australia. So let's see, fingers crossed, such words for us. Absolutely. Youngster, real star, already has played the 100 and so on. So he has, has seen some cricket around the world and he's shown that maturity. I mean, he was so calm. You saw it. I mean, he had a large total to defend and the game was more or less dead and buried. But then to take out the middle order entirely by himself, right? Markram, Brevis and Stubbs, also a couple of youngsters trying to make a name for themselves. You know, the future of South African middle-order batting, you might say. Right? Um, that was that was a wonderful battle. And I think Spencer Johnson, he's good. I think, uh, if you remember, there was a guy, there was a fast bowler, thin, tall, fast bowler. Uh, Nathan Bracken. Nathan Bracken, there you go. That's the guy I was looking for. Right? So, Nathan Bracken, yep. Spencer Johnson sort of reminds me of Nathan Bracken, but I think he's much faster than that. Right? He's probably more in uh, Dirk Nana's mold that way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, very, very exciting to see, you know, these people coming in and making an impact. So I look forward to this series because the Australia, South Africa is always a series of needle. You never uh, take your eyes off the action there. So they may have been well beaten in the first one, but I, th- I expect uh, South Africa to come hard and come and win the game, uh, at least one or two games in the series. So it's going to be very interesting for me. Now, quickly switching over to the New Zealand, England T20 series. Did you get a chance to catch up at all? No, that I couldn't watch it. Just followed the scores. I thought, except for Glenn Phillips, England looked so much better. I think New Zealand are sort of coming out of a winter break or they're, they're not really gelling well together. People have played all over the place, right? Finland, Devon Conway, Tim Seifert. These are all people who have been playing in the leagues out there. But I don't think it's the same to play at the top level, right? And I think they were caught a bit unprepared. So people like Luke Wood, Sam Curran and Biden Cars have been playing the 100 and they were really on top of their game. I thought England bowling attack right at the top. So they struggled to even go at six, six and a half runs and over 
after the first 10 12 overs and when even when darrell mitchell was dismissed they were hardly going at six and a half runs an over i'm talking 12th over right now right so that was that was very weird to see but then um a little bit of a enterprising some runs towards the tail and they gave themselves sort of a total but you never thought it's going to be a challenge for england did you england was a depth always these totals will never trouble them unless like you can have uh, some really spectacular bowling and uh, see brighton stars was very impressive for them hmm. for england correct so i think they are really england uh, they have shocking depth uh, to get you know uh, if there is somebody who can halt maybe pakistan's charges england so every time someone is rested there are people lost to injury so there is a new guy who comes in and he's like equally good if not better hmm. so that is something you know credit to their talent finding uh, program and of course i think they had more bobat as a chairman of their high performance selection committee so they seem to scout these guys that they are match ready each time hmm. and they come and perform so that is very credit to them. right and also you know you might want to say people like will jacks he opened the batting but he was actually a spinner who played test for england right so he's played uh, yeah. when england toured pakistan he was a part of that team but then when you look when you turn around he's uh, he's also a very competent batsman he was opening the batting and did what was needed right and then david malan has been there or thereabouts he's sort of the banker in their top order in the t20s and he was for a long time also the number one ranked batsman in t20s you never forget that so between him and harry brook they killed the game off very competitively there was not a lot left 14 overs the game was done and dusted do you see new zealand being able to make a comeback challenging england at all yeah mainly it would depend on barry mitchell so uh in his off left one of the senior captains so if he comes good along with that uh, batting order then definitely it can make some difference to at least posting a total and uh, along with that uh, guys from the league you can you cannot say like uh, whether how much uh, in form they are how well they are hitting it. so they might just spring a surprise but darry uh, mitchell being a senior member maybe you can expect little more from him so that uh, in the next game maybe england will always bring their best they'll have their best like lookwood and uh, they'll have their best in terms of spinners as well you forget that moin ali atil rashid are actually stalwarts when it comes to the white ball game right and then you would see they will always be more than a handful as far as you know any team taking on england will be concerned but then you have the likes of lookwood sam karan are also liam livingston was not at all required almost in this game right much like will jacks but he did a very good job you forget that he's a very capable top order batsman but in this case he's like an all rounder he bowled his four overs for 25 i think nobody knows even he doesn't know what he will bowl when he's about to deliver right so mm-hmm. that's that's very nice to see and uh, you're right the depth that they have is very very enviable so all in all england will be the team to beat in the coming days looks like especially 2024 world cup and so on so let's keep an eye on that now moving on let's have a quick look at uh, you know the some of the news of the cricketing field so first let's start with the maharaja cup we had a prediction in the previous ga- previous episode where our guest ramchandra had made a prediction saying which team will take the trophy and as he had predicted hubli tigers went on and took the trophy winning the semi final and final thoughts on the maharaja cup for you manju yeah so like uh, just you know continuing from where ramchandra said mostly i also follow it in a way that uh, not for any one side because i don't have any preference to any franchise mm. so basically i try to find out the familiar players you know where they are like so shreyas gopal mayank look at how they are doing so karun nayar had got 100 so that made me happy but i don't know like uh, like in the previous episode itself maybe karun nayar is done for now mm. so we can only hope whatever domestic player is left will do well right but also people like ravi kumar samarth whom we had sort of forgotten but then you never forget these people simply because of what they are capable of and ravi kumar samarth was being spoken up as potentially you know uh, the next uh, test match opener i mean maybe maybe in a few years there are enough people in the queue already but this guy was capable of a lot but then a lot of other people overtook him people like gill and others they overtook him comfortably also there are a couple of forgotten players if you remember jagdish ashuchit right people yeah. who are very well known and who could do a lot of things and um, 
you would expect you know this guy would still be competing because he would look for an ipl contract he's a very good fielder he's a capable lower middle order batsman and of course his primary skill is a very competent left arm spinner right so these people they have a story to tell and also people like uh, gautam right who led the team himself but has sort of gone off the boil on the verge of playing for india we thought he was but then he might struggle to get a regular uh, team game even in an ipl team now so there are some people who will want to make a point for themselves people like lavneet sisodia sort of up and coming people mohammad taha very very good and part of the winning team and man of the series mohammad taha right people like krishnan srijit sort of the next cab of the rank if you are looking at a top order batsman like nikin joes and so on for karnataka team right so it's going to be very very interesting so a lot of talent being thrown up people like manish pandey showing their worth again scoring a um 50 at better than strike rate of 200 in the final and well karun nair sort of countered him karun nair was going in the similar direction 37 of 20 before he was dismissed and i thought it was a much much closer game where the difference was just eight runs right and but it it it's, it did a good job of showcasing the talent that was on offer and uh, what is possible karnataka is still quite a powerhouse when it comes to local domestic cricket in india and they are showing why it's the case and that's nice to see especially considering you stay there and i come from that part of the world it will always keep you happy and it was not played a couple of seasons right because of covid and other things so a lot of people who are showcasing who are waiting and they did the bit they did their bit there and it was nice to see any final thoughts on the maharaja cup manju yeah so the final thought is this uh, we have to credit one maharaja uh, it happens to be his birthday today ah. so i think uh, yes half of uh, ampere and ramchandra and wish jagadishnath a very happy birthday perfect so so just like uh, since his birthday i just hope that one of these two guys hmm. either vaishak or vidwat kaverappa you know can Uh, can achieve at least a small percentage of what he has uh, for India, probably. So we'll hope that we get a good fast bowler from Karnataka. Absolutely. I mean, both of these are being touted as you know long-term prospects in the red ball game, but I I dare say they also have good white ball skills. So. So, so I I can't say much because I only watched their red ball exploit for like one match for two days. <laughs> so Delhi Trophy. Right. So that's a very small sample size. Mm. but uh, definitely they would hit the ha- bat hard and hari the batsman it was quite exciting to watch obviously they opened only one stand for the public so from that you can only get a side on view so the kind of length the hard length they bowl so just wishing them all the best so it would be thrilling if uh, they are able to replicate the success uh, in the higher uh, level fair enough it's always a challenge right people like abhimanyu mithin were all very um, very promising but to mm-hmm. be able to translate it to the next level where people are at the next level of prep right so that's always going to be tough as well currently so happens abhimanyu mithun uh, is also a part of a, uh, a list with shrinath for taking a hat trick on first class uh, debut wow okay so like from those from those heights like, i also expected abhimanyu mithun to be like a long term but sadly it didn't happen so hmm. with every generation we just hope that uh, one of them breaks through and becomes a servant of indian cricket for like how shrinath was absolutely but i think shrinath in his at his best was even bowling 150 kph i think yeah. i don't know if any of these people are capable of such speeds i've seen uh, vijay kumar vaishak bowling 140s so it's it's not bad but then you don't know right whether he's able to sustain that over longer periods without really injuring himself badly and so on let's see how that goes all right now on to the 100 so both the men and women's finals were played and we have the winners so how much of the 100 were you able to catch let me start there Uh, mostly on scores of the, I haven't watched any games live, so uh, I'm still to actually really open out to the hundred. Mm. But still, I do follow some news and. Uh, right. So Smriti Mandana played in the hundred, but she is not going to play in the BBL women's BBL. We heard, but then she was a part of the winning team, and you had Danny White and people like uh, George Adams and Freya Kemp who did enough. So. The, uh, in the women's 100 if you saw 140 145 was a very challenging score and the southern braves who went on to win their first 100 trophy they made 139 which was going to be very challenging and they their bowlers were very very you know sort of well drilled lauren bell anya shopsol so people like anya shopsol she walked away into the sunset winning a trophy in her last game she had already announced that she would 
she would retire and she's sort of a real let's just say a real stalwart when it comes to england women's cricket and she did that and chloe trevon people like uh, kalea moore who's new but who did fantastically well in the final going at less than run a ball and taking three wickets so it was a sort of a good combination that i thought southern brave had in the final and the combination of uh, real experience and really exciting talent and that took them to the final comfortably so that was very nice to see right and uh, marizan kap was the player of the series so it not a lot of surprise there she was not going to play the final but she had done already enough beforehand and danny white was the player of the final so congratulations to southern brave i say and also um well done to anya shopsol and uh, yeah we wish her all the best in her retired uh, life so any 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 thoughts on the men's game or any thoughts on the men's tournament at all were you able to see enough of it uh, i was able to catch much of the men's so there you know again all invincibles i think saray based teams are having a great time currently saray is also in the running for the championship the county championship the division 1 and so jason roy couldn't do much in the final also other big names like paul sterling sam karan but then they had a wonderful finish they had i mean i thought they were done actually so i sort of didn't follow it for a while i was just listening to the commentary of the finals around 5 or 34 i'm like oh, oh they are really sunk here right and i switched off and then when i switched back on i couldn't believe they got to 161 so jimmy nisham scoring at a strike rate of 172 but tom curran scoring at a strike rate of nearly 200 so tom curran really came out and did enough in the final to remind england selectors what he's capable of right and i dare say manchester originals for the real favorites at the halfway stage in that first innings they would be really really disappointed to have considered 160 155 150 plus is always a challenging score in men's 100 as well i i read and in spite of people like josh butler phil salt wayne madsen they had a lot of experience there but they couldn't make more than 147 and there the current brothers with the ball right and i think the likes of danny briggs i think danny briggs just bowled 15 ball spell but that was very crucial he considered just two runs and took a wicket so things like this so will jacks showed all his nows in that so between will jacks and danny briggs they sort of shut the middle middle overs down completely and that that really cost um, i think manchester originals trophy and uh, all invincibles congratulations on that trophy win so uh, just just to keep an eye on how it's going do you think other powers that be out there australia and indian uh, the, the indian cricket body they might consider hosting their own uh, 100 leg tournament even at like provincial or a domestic level yeah, it uh, it deserves a try uh, so definitely it brings unique scenarios into the game so if you have someone who can calculate a, a, a tricky chase in 100 ball then definitely you can identify your next finisher maybe i know it's wrong to mix format so i may be guilty of that but definitely like if he can manage a chase in 100 ball maybe he can manage one in 120 ball so this slightly different from the t20 game mm. so you may have a chance to unearth some talent which you with the regular system might miss out on so that is what i my mean. so if it helps to identify talent like how david warner is a uh, david warner is a baby of t20 cricket who later on became a test who is uh, almost a test great you can say arguably is a test great mm. uh, now he is not doing well so if that that opportunity arises there is no harm in doing it because uh, with the finance at hand for the bcci mm. i think it is worth a shot I think one of the state associations may take a queue and start hosting a hundred competition, even like the Maharaja Cup or something. Uh, Who knows? In South Africa, they had a in the pandemic time they had something called three team. Yeah, yeah. Three team cricket. I saw that. Yeah. So yeah. that's also something which can you know uh, it can it can be one of the useful activities. Fair enough. So, yeah, worth worth noticing. Worth noticing that maybe other and look shorter the better and more interesting if you are a if you have two hours to kill if you want to just go and watch something something like the 100 or that three team tournament might be uh, more uh, exciting for you than even one or two hours of test match cricket that that takes some following and some understanding of the game this one is more hit and giggle right so it will be fun let's see how that goes all right one last story before we close out manju so it just broke news that viacom 18 have backed the indian cricket digital and tv media rights both for the next 5 years 2023 to 2028 cycle and they have paid 100 uh, 
US million dollars, right? US million dollars, 720. Per match, it comes out to be a better deal from before, but overall, it's a much smaller number. But does the number surprise you at all, or is it sort of unexpected lines? Uh, it is along expected lines uh, to a certain extent, um, but I think uh, this time they seem to have realized that the game is changing and it is more in the digital uh, phase. So, like uh, like how Geo Cinema was made free for streaming the series previously, so like that they they may target more of smaller screen users, like people who want to watch it on their mobile, like a one to one relationship rather than uh, TVs and so maybe their main target is on the online streaming. Mm. So I think both are almost equal to each other on a digital right and TV right. Indeed. So uh, probably they realize that digital is becoming a bigger player, and they don't want to lose the TV also because there are many households which still have a, a TV set-top box connection. So that uh, that also is included. Fair enough. So that makes a lot of sense. And see, it's coming out to be a better deal per match, and there are only eighty-eight matches in the cycle. And I think the World Cup rights were uh, sort of uh, sold differently. The World Cup rights are not included in this, so that that just makes 88 matches in this cycle, uh, right? So that's that's an interesting one and not a bad one if you are looking at it. For me, the number was a little on the lower side. I thought, I mean, just the amount of growth we see every time these um, these sort of numbers are released, these five-year cycle numbers and so on. But nonetheless, BCC have still come out. On top, in terms of how much they were going to get per game, and I think the parts that we are happy at least that's what some of those tweets from Jayesh and others indicate. So, well, long may it continue that Indian cricket grows from strength to strength, and they use the power they have for good. What do you think, Manju? Yeah, so okay, BCCI at the powers they will exist, but uh, one thing I want to remind is uh, Prasar Bharti, the national broadcaster. Right. Uh, Doordarshan, they may have some reason to you know look at their strategy uh, regarding cricket. So because now they will they have to source the feed from one uh, Viacom 18 or any of these people who have the rights. Ah. And uh, whether doing a deferred broadcast. So I don't know. Maybe what the bosses are thinking that they could have bid for it themselves. Mm. And you know because Doordarshan easily has the highest circulation even if you see throughout the country. Uh, due to the even the old-fashioned technology also, and they have DD free dishes are there. Correct. So they could have uh, made some sort of a pride in this bidding war, but uh, since the bids will never be revealed, we don't know what they've done. So uh, I always feel that you know, uh, I remember cricket as coming through Doordarshan first. Never mind the commentators and all those things, but uh, we know that you switch to DD and the match will be available. Uh, live. Mm-hmm. So that's what. So maybe whatever sharing talks or agreement, uh, if they don't fall out, we may get to see some series on DD also. Right. So that's that's a very good uh, point you've actually made. Let's see if it comes to pass that you know they come to some sort of an agreement behind the scenes with Viacom. Between the two of us, I don't see DD having that kind of money. Uh, Prasar Bharti or Doordarshan mm-hmm. matching 700 million, or even only even if only if you were to consider the TV platform rights, 350 million, I really cannot see them uh, matching that kind of number. But yeah, who knows? Maybe in the because it's a government entity, maybe they may actually consider it as a good investment, and they, they may get good return on their rights. So let's see if this is something they may want to consider in the coming years, coming cycles. All right, those are all the topics we wanted to discuss today, Manju. Thank you once again for being a part of the podcast. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. Perfect. But before we let you go, would you like to give a shout out about all your media outlets wherever you might be available? If somebody from this podcast, a listener or a friend, want to reach uh, want to reach out to you? Yeah. So uh, my Twitter handle is at at the rate of the falling sheep. Hmm. So falling sheep is a tribute to Rohan Karan's famous shot. Yeah. And uh, also would like to mention that uh, one a group of friends like Saurabh and. Uh, Vallabh, they have started a YouTube channel called Crick Chatter Live. Aha. So you can see that handle at the rate of Crick Chatter Live. Fair enough. So thank you for those shoutouts, and we wish Saurabh and your friend Vallabh and you as well all the best with your, uh, you know, new endeavors, whatever you are coming up with. And uh, I wish to have more of you. I think you also did a podcast, right? I wish to hear more of those yeah. if and when possible. Yeah, sure, no, no problem. Definitely, uh, anytime. Uh, it's always a very interesting discussion. So I myself uh, enjoy it a lot. So, and al- also, I would tell the listeners to 
listen to the other episodes of armchair cricket podcast because like as we even listen to the older episodes we get a lot of different interesting perspectives so i commonly i listen to it because i have a bluetooth speaker and i connect the phone and on the way to work i listen to most of armchair's episodes so i would uh, exhort all the listeners to do the same perfect thank you for the shout out on behalf of the podcast as well we wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from and uh, have a nice day bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast